I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Good afternoon on this Monday, January 16th, 2023. This is the Close of Business podcast. My name is Kyle Rodder and I'm joined by David Scott in our Adelaide studio. David, how are we going? Mate, uh, the market is going incredibly well. Uh, up at nine-month highs uh, this afternoon and uh, extending the rally from the recent lows to 7%. Or if you'd like to go and do a global benchmark, in US dollar terms, we are now up 10% since the start of the year. That's uh, truly remarkable, but... Obviously, the question now begs the uh, to be asked, have we gone and got a little bit ahead of ourselves? It does look interesting. I was sort of uh, waxing lyrical a little bit at the end uh, with tongue-in-cheek just about the strength of this rally. But in the last three months, we're up by 10%, uh, more or less off those lows that we did see back in September, October, whatever it was. Uh, but over the last year, we're actually uh, flat once again. So since uh, May... Or uh, May last year, uh, we're actually higher. That's the highest level we've been. And since the start of last year, effectively, we're, we're basically flat um, or getting very close to that level. So um, really, really positive out there at the moment. I, I did have this sort of funny feeling that I did want to put that question to you, Scotty, where really highly correlated market at the moment, 10 of 11 sectors are high. There doesn't seem to be a rhyme and reason as to why investors are allocating where they are, other than there might be a slight preference for tech for this duration play. But is this a warning signal to you? Because there's sort of a bit of a feeling for me, a little bit like I think it was the start of 2017 or 2018, just before that Volmageddon episode, where everything just seems to be moving higher inexplicably in a thin market, only to kind of drop once um, normal trading conditions return to normal in February. Yeah, and you could probably go throw in early 2020 as well into the mix there. I remember the market was um, pushing up towards fresh highs back then as well and uh, discounting the threat posed by coronavirus and everything else. So at this time of the year, it's not unusual to go and see these kind of wafty rallies. And uh, there's a lot of optimism that's been priced into uh, various asset classes, particularly when it comes to uh, China's reopening. Now you added to the mix the, uh, the soft economic landing, which is clearly getting a bit of momentum as well. And uh, it seems very simple at the moment. Just buy and it goes up. But we all know, know from, uh, from past experience that uh, nothing goes up forever. And uh, certainly those two narratives have been yeah, arguably exhausted quite a lot already uh, in this move. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I mean, one final point on that, just on sort of peculiar things that make you sort of wonder whether this uh, this rally does have staying power, or at least where you're a little bit of a pullback. You know, you do look at the intraday moves, and I would assume volumes would reflect this too, probably a little bit lower. But, you know, effectively, you do make that initial rally uh, uh, at the outset of the, 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 the session. And then we basically trade in a very, very tight range for the entire day. And it's almost looking like a flight of stairs over the last couple of sessions, uh, just watching that initial rally sideways, initial rally sideways. Um, doesn't look like there's actually that much going on intraday, that much trade going on intraday. But uh, we digress. It was a positive day. So the ASX 200 finished up by 0.82%. 10 of 11 sectors finished higher. The only to finish lower was materials, which is only very marginal as well, down by 0.1%. But uh, Scuddy, not much, I suppose, news out there today necessarily. We had a little bit of going on, goings on on the corporate front, but certainly 
economic news just today, not so much. We do have the US offline tonight for the uh, Martin Luther King holiday, so we'd expect things to be a little bit quiet for the next at least 12, 18, maybe 20, 24 hours. Uh, but any conversations that sort of jumped out to you in your hours that, um, that you enjoyed? Grant Patterson from Providence Wealth. Uh, I've seen a few cycles in his time and uh, multi-asset strategy and fund manager. Uh, always worthwhile paying attention to what he has to go and say. Uh, he went and uh, spoke about the rally we're seeing in risk assets and the uh, China reopening optimism uh, during our conversation at the top of the 11 today. Really worthwhile uh, taking a listen to that and uh, in the show notes, which you'll be able to go and find it there. Also had some interesting remarks when it came to crypto and uh, the rebound we're seeing in that particular market and whether it has legs or not. Okay, so uh, yeah, wouldn't want to um, give too much away, but needless to say, he's a little bit sceptical on the crypto rally, which um, can always be a sign of perhaps a little bit of irrational exuberance coming back into the market, crypto back above 20,000 over the weekend. Um, Nadine also had a really uh, good conversation with Claude Walker. He made it into the newsletter today, uh, just giving obviously his view on a couple of small caps. Uh, for me, I had a really good conversation with, and I've actually not spoken to him before. His name was Matthew Davison uh, from Martin Curry. Uh, which I uh, have to just Google very quickly uh, who they're aligned to because it was at the t- tip of my tongue just a, a moment ago and then uh, f- just as I uh, was wanting to, to, to relay the story has uh, escaped my memory. I, I might leave that there at the risk of... Oh, sorry, Franklin Templeton. Uh, it's a, a line with Franklin Templeton. Uh, but he gave a little bit of a view on the banks at the moment and some of the headwinds and tailwinds that uh, the banking space and the financials more broadly are confronting. And I know that you and I have uh, discussed it quite a lot, Scuddy, that kind of conversation between, okay, well, net interest margins will conceivably expand going forward because of higher interest rates. But on the same time, uh, we're potentially heading to an economic slowdown, a drop in loan growth. So that kind of volume side of the story, especially as house prices fall, uh, will that be, um, you know, uh, I suppose the major driver of the uh, bank share price? But overall, he was sort of sanguine, I guess you could say, on on the overall sector with, of course, a few necessary caveats. Uh, shared a few names, uh, probably a little bit further up the risk curve when it comes to the financials as well. He likes uh, drops uh, the investment case potentially for Virgin Money uh, as well as Bendigo and, and which banks he prefers. But that takes us to the uh, stock of the day today. Koshi was back, the bid man back on board uh, to uh, take the reins on the call. And the stock of the day was Baby Bunting. Uh, we had Mathan Summersundaram from Deep Data Analytics uh, joining us as well as Howard, uh, oh, I can't, can't believe, uh, Howard Coleman, Coleman. of course. Been a, a stalwart of uh, of the Australian investment community for 15 years, and uh, I can't believe I let that slip my mind. But Howard Colwyn from Team Invest was actually in the studio. Apparently, he hasn't been uh, visited yet, so it was a very special occasion. So special that I uh, forgot his name. But uh, Howard Howard Coleman uh, <laughs> was uh, sharing his view on the stock as well, and uh, we'll take a listen to what they had to say about it. Really don't get enthusiastic about a stock unless it's got a reasonably long history. Because what you really want to know is that management can manage the business well when times are both good and bad. And it's only really been listed for about seven years. So that only just gets to about the length of time that we would say for your filter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that we would say we know you know we know how management performs. Baby bunting, I've got to use the pun. They have definitely thrown the baby out with the bunting. <laughs> uh, it is definitely there. It was a market darling. Why did it become market darling? Because competitors blew up. 
Yeah. They were the last man standing. And it's amazing in an industry when, the, when you are the last man standing, you get massive expansion. Yeah. And it, it kind of helps when the government gives you a stimulus pump yep. and everyone was spending like there's no tomorrow. Now, all the retail stocks, you have to remember pre-pandemic, the markets were expensive. Post-pandemic, yes, they had multiple expansion because there's so much cash out there. Yeah. Now that that's all going out of the way, you have to look at where they are relative to pre-pandemic. So pre-pandemic, it's actually around where it is now. Okay, so it's not going to make it to the investment committee, unfortunately. It uh, doesn't pass the filters for Team Invest. Um, Mason saying you need to look at the stock compared to where it was pre-pandemic, and in his view, looks a bit expensive. So uh, if Howard, you do happen to be listening, I do apologize. I do know your name. We, we all love you here. Uh, Mason, well, we know if you are listening, we, we, we love you too, uh, uh, as, uh, as you, I'm sure you would uh, realize every time you come to the office. But that's kind of the, the, the crux of the conversations that we had this week, uh, today, I should say, Scuddy. Um, what do you reckon? Much to look forward to in the next 24 hours, just on the basis that, you know, we do have the, Amer- uh, the, the US offline for, for MLK holiday. Yeah, I think already eyes are starting to go and flick it towards Tokyo and the Bank of Japan. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd be talking about the Bank of Japan a couple of days out from a meeting decision. But uh, certainly we saw the response uh, to the unexpected shift in the, uh, the winding of the yield curve control band uh, that the, the Bank of Japan announced late December. And that saw the local market going fall about 2%, which was the largest decline we've seen pretty much since that point. And uh, there's a bit of speculation that we might go and see a further watering down or even an outright abandonment of our yield curve control at some point in the next couple of meetings. And uh, wow, if that does happen uh, at this point, that, not the, uh, the baseline uh, forecast by many people, but uh, certainly one to go keep a close eye on. Um, apart from that, I uh, know the usual no mix. We've got so, you know, Morgan Stanley, uh, Goldie's out tomorrow night with earnings, Netflix later on in the week. So that's plenty to keep us busy internationally and then locally the other uh, focus will be on that jobs report for, uh, for December that will be out on Thursday. Yeah, it is going to be a big week. And uh, I do remember that anecdote you shared with me once upon a time, Scotty, um, just about the job interview you had about what you'll be looking at uh, in the future or what you think the most important thing in the world is. And a very different context. You were talking about the Bank of Japan policy at the time as being a harbinger uh, for what was happening in the world at the time and the ZERP and, and all the things that we uh, experienced throughout the 2010s. Um, maybe I'll uh, tack, tack onto that just a little bit uh, that you know maybe we're, we're seeing that as uh, another canary or the BOJ once, BOJ once again, uh, a canary in the coal mine for this, uh, well, uh, end of this kind of, at least as Japan as, a, as an exporter of capital and a flow of money throughout the world pumping up asset prices. That's uh, can't be understated how important that has been uh, and how significant this decision from the BOJ could be uh, in the context of history this week. But we'll have to wait and see. Like you said, we've also got the banks coming up. That'll be, uh, more bank earnings uh, in the States when they reopen on Tuesday. But um, nice and punchy as, as always. Uh, get to the end of the day, end of this Monday. Uh, just to recap very quickly, the ASX 200 did finish up by zero. 0.82% with 10 of 11 sectors finishing higher. In fact, we are at levels that 12 months ago were bang on uh, exactly where we are now. So swings and roundabouts and uh, at a six-month high as well. Um, but Scuddy, uh, I know you got a little uh, tickle in the throat there potentially, so maybe go, go home, rest up, and we'll, we'll talk tomorrow. Nothing a shot of whiskey going go now, so we'll uh, <laughs> see what that happens when I get home. But yeah, looking forward to doing it all again tomorrow. Cheers, mate. Talk then. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 